All Things Teaching, hosted by Teaching Treasures. Hi, and welcome to All Things Teaching. I'm Beck, your host from Teaching Treasures. This podcast explores all things teaching, learning, and education with authentic, passionate teachers just like you. Before we start the episode, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the Aboriginal peoples as the traditional owners of this land and pay my respects to Elders past and present. Hi and welcome to episode 15 of the All Things Teaching podcast. This episode is all about completing your graduate portfolio so you can move from a graduate teacher to proficient teacher. In Australia, you need to be registered in your state to teach, but I've been doing some research and all of the different states have different registration bodies and therefore they actually have different processes. So some of the states, you go in front of a panel to present your portfolio. Some of them, it is an actual submission into the registration board. So I'm going to be talking to the WA context and a little bit about how we actually need to do it here in WA. But the way that I will talk about collecting my actual portfolio should be relevant for lots of people around Australia. The first thing I'd suggest is to jump on Google, have a look at your registration board. When I was doing my research, they're all really straightforward. Usually they have, um, you know, PDFs that you can download that take you through step by step. So that would be my first point of call for you go on, have a look at what your registration board actually requires you to do. The next step that I suggest is to use a checklist against the standards. So obviously your portfolio, it needs to prove that you as a graduate teacher can meet all of the seven teaching standards. So standard one, knowing students and how they learn. Standard two, know the content and how to teach it. Standard three, plan for and implement effective teaching and learning. Standard four, create and maintain supportive and safe learning environments. Standard five, assess, provide feedback and report on student learning. Standard six, engage in professional learning. And standard seven, engage with engage professionally with colleagues, parents, carers, and the community. So of those seven strands, there's about 36 substrands. So they're all broken up into between five and um, six substrands. Jump over to my teaching Instagram and have a bit of a look while you're listening to this because I'm going to go through some things that I have shown on my highlights and I'm also happy to email them out to you if you send me a private message. Um, I can email you out the blank templates because sometimes just having something to start from makes this process a lot easier. So the first thing that I do is look at my evidence checklist. So there's a checklist with all of the ATSL standards and the substrands all laid out. And then there's an area for you to put in the different samples and which of the substrands they're going to meet. So, for example, you might have a forward planning document. You might have created in um, a science plan that goes for 10 weeks that meets lots of different um strands and substrands so you're going to put that in and say your sample one and then you're going to go through and highlight on the checklist which one that sample hits so with your multiple samples you'll probably have the opportunity to hit some of the standards 
lots of times. For example, standard 1.2 is understand how students learn. There will probably be quite a lot of your samples that meet that standard. That's kind of our bread and butter. That's what we do. So you'll probably have lots that meet that. But the checklist is just really good for making sure that you hit all of them. So for example, standard 3.4, which is select and use resources. Maybe your planning hadn't really hit that. So you might be able to put in another sample that shows a STEM activity that you did where you really had to focus on different resources. So as I said, I do have this um, evidence checklist um, available for you. If you send me an email through my Instagram teaching treasures, I'm happy to flick that out to you. It's just a pretty simple Word doc in a table. It's just a way to make sure you're hitting all of those substrands because you need to make sure you're ticking everything off. So the idea of the portfolio is to give samples and write sayos to show that you are meeting all of the ATSL standards. So you can have different evidence samples. Um, you can have as many as you want. You can have as little as you want, as long as they meet all of the standards. All right, I'm now going to talk you through my graduate portfolio and how I laid it out, how I set it up. Um, and I'll read you some of my example sayos as well. So I decided to get my portfolio done in my first year of teaching. You have three years to complete it. Um, obviously, double check with your registration board. But in WA, we have three years to complete it to be able to transition to proficient teacher. So I would suggest that you do keep it in the forefront of your mind in your first and second year because I know people that have left it to the third year and it can be a bit stressful trying to get it all done at the end. So pretty much keep things, take lots of photos of the things that you're doing because that will be your evidence for your samples. All right, back to my portfolio and the structure. So as I said, it will be a good idea if you can to jump over and have a look at my highlights on my Instagram while we're doing this, it just make a bit more sense. So I've got my first page, just a cover page, nice and simple. Um, it's got my name and I put my E number on there. Then I've got a sort of a page of contents and it shows how my evidence maps to the proficient strands. So I've got standard one, standard two and so on. And then in a column, I've got which evidence sample it hits. So I use nine samples in my portfolio to meet all of the standards. So I'm going to just give you the headings of those samples just so you can get a bit of an idea. So sample one was a whole rules and laws unit of work. Sample two was a NADOC week activity. Sample three was learning journey, so like a parent night. Sample four was my professional learning log. Sample five was reporting files. Sample six was my behavior system. Sample seven was a DCP form. Sample eight was a digital technology program. And sample nine was my organizational systems. So for example, in my first sample, I included a SAO. So SAO is when you write to a situation, an action, and an outcome. 
So I really broke it down into the SEO and then I included the whole printed unit of work behind my SEO. So I had the SEO and then I had the evidence to back it up. So I'll read you my SEO now. Now, this is just an example. This was three and a half years ago when I wrote this. Obviously, I could go and do a portfolio again now and it would be a lot better quality of work. But this is what I had and um, my principal was happy with this and I was able to get my professional, my sorry, my proficient uh, teacher's registration. So I'll just read it and give you a little bit of an example. So this was the rules and laws unit of work. So my situation says, with a focus on blended pedagogy, I developed an innovative civics and citizenship unit of work focusing on rules and laws. Now in brackets, I've put which standard that meets. So I wrote 3.2. The unit of work I created featured the whole school implemented gradual release model and an inquiry-based summative task. After being introduced to the gradual release model, I acted on collegial advice and implemented it seamlessly throughout the unit of work. And then in brackets, I put 1.2. The unit of work was for year four, five students and was taught by four different teachers in their classrooms. So that was the situation. The action was the inquiry project was used as a summative assessment task to determine if students had understood the content and concepts put forward in the unit of work. The guided inquiry allowed students to choose from a list of approved products and detailed the success criteria in a rubric format. Students were then able to guide their own learning by choosing how they would present all of the information and knowledge they learned through the unit of work. This was the first time students were exposed to this sort of assessment, including the rubric, which had to be explicitly taught. The content was covered in depth using the blended pedagogy and students took positively to the agency they had in the summative task. The task shift responsibility to become child-led learning, where they can learn to facilitate their own understanding and outcomes. The student of work, the unit of work, which can be viewed in Appendix 1, is a very detailed and descriptive plan. The content is organised into a coherent, well-sequenced learning and teaching program, in brackets 2.2. My in-depth knowledge of curriculum and assessment helped influence the creation of the unit of work in brackets 2.3. So the outcome. The unit of work and summative task was adopted by four other teachers and taught simultaneously. Students thoroughly enjoyed all lessons in the unit of work as it got students out of their comfort zone and allowed them the opportunity to explore rules and laws in an applied setting. Students were highly engaged within the summative task and enjoyed the ability to choose their final product as well as how they would include information needed to meet the success criteria. Brackets 5.1. The students engaged in constant feedback and feed forward process through the summative task as seen in Appendix 2, 5.2 in brackets. The task allowed for problem solving and creative thinking using a range of resources. In brackets 3.3 and 3.4. The summative assessment as well as all of the individual lessons had elements of differentiation that allowed all students to engage effectively with the content in brackets 1.5 and 1.6. The summative task was an integrated learning experience that required students to draw on their literacy skills and this was done to support their literacy achievement in an integrated manner, in brackets 2.5. This resulted in a very high standard of work being produced by students across all five classes. This could be the result of setting explicit challenging and achievable learning goals in each lesson as well as for the summative task, in brackets 3.1. 
This is evident in the learning intention and success criteria in the unit of work as seen in Appendix 1. So that was my situation, my action and my outcome. Then just underneath that, I listed all of the eight school standards met. So they were 1 1.2, 1.5, 1.6, 2.2, 2.3, 2.5, 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, 3.4, 5.1 and 5.2. So when I was writing my SAO, they were a bit mismatched and it was wherever it aligned. But then when I've listed them down the bottom, I've listed them in order. And then I also listed the two appendices that went with this SAO. So appendix one is the unit, unit plan and appendix two was the summative task sheet. So that's just one example of how you can use a big piece of evidence to tick off lots of the standards. So obviously that sample is just one idea of how you can do it. I do really think that setting it up, your portfolio up in a really clear sequential way, make sure you've hit all of the standards, make sure that your principal or your line manager or whoever's reading it knows exactly what the evidence is, what your SAO is and which of the standards it meets. It's going to make it a lot easier for them to be happy to tick that off for you. So like I said, this information is on my highlights on Teaching Treasures. So go over, have a little bit of a look. Um, I take you through all of the document and the information. And then if you would like, more than happy to share the layout and the evidence checklist with you. Make sure you have a chat to whoever is your line leader or your deputy or your principal in your school because they are the person that needs to actually sign off on your graduate portfolio. So usually you need to start collecting your evidence, put your portfolio together. You need to then present that to someone at your school who is going to sign off the um, teacher's registration board for WA form and then that gets sent off to the teacher's registration board. So in WA you don't actually have to hand in your graduate portfolio to the TRB but you do need to keep it for five years so that if ever needed you could present that um, as your evidence of completing your portfolio. So if you've got any other questions um, feel free to message me at Teaching Treasures and I'm more than happy to help you go through it because it is quite a full-on thing for new grads as well as you know you're teaching and learning and learning everything about how schools work so happy to help. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of All Things Teaching. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can keep up to date with all the new episodes. Have a wonderful day.